Welcome to Accounted For, the Iris Interviews podcast. Today, we are going to talk all around what it means to be a digital practice and how to go and create it, evolve it, and ultimately keep being a digital practice. My name's Steve Cox. I'm the head of Market Insights at Iris Software. I've been within the industry for about 20 years, and I've got to say now is probably the most exciting time to be an accounting practice. There's a huge amount of change and transition and ultimately evolution that's going on within the industry today. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Jim Scott, the managing director of Iris Software, who has seen a lot of this, not just in our industry, but in others. So Jim, welcome. Do you want to uh, say to our listeners a little bit around your experience, what you've seen uh, from other industries and kind of what roles you've done there? Yeah, sure. So I, I've been, I think I can pip you, Steve. I've, uh, I've probably got about 26, 27 years in the industry now. Uh, I spent 20 years with a with a, with another vendor in in the marketplace uh, and, and and saw various different parts of their business from the, the 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 part that dealt with startup and small businesses right through to the enterprise business and everything in between and of course the the accountancy business as well um, and then I was fortunate enough for the last six years or so to to do quite a bit of consultancy work with different tech companies but also companies outside of technology and outside of accountancy as well which was which was fascinating and and one of the things that that taught me was that most of the problems that businesses face, no matter what size they are or what industry they're in, are exactly the same. They're dressed in different clothes, but they're the same problems. Yeah. Um, and then I've been with Iris for the last year and a half uh, in, in the current role, uh, looking after the accountancy business. And what's it like to be a, a managing director for a firm who's working with so many different accountancy firms. It must give you kind of like a real kind of access to every shape and size and different type of accountancy firm as well. It, it really does. Iris is, is in a fantastic position. So we've got we've got twenty three thousand accountants in the UK alone, not not including obviously the North American market, and we've got everybody from your kind of bedroom accountants right the way through to to the much bigger national firms as well, and everything in between. And and what has become very apparent to me over the last year and a half is that the while the needs are common how those needs are deployed within the business from a from a technology perspective and from a digital point of view are very very different and they operate at different speeds they have different requirements um, but a lot of the challenges are are common and it, it, we talk about obviously the, the accountancy firms and the number that iris has got now depending upon which numbers you look at will tell you the different size of the, the yeah. a whole kind of accountancy profession. So ONS is it somewhere like between 42,000 and 44,000. Company House has it as north of 60,000. Mm-hmm. Other data sources have it higher as, as 71,000. But what we are seeing, and something that is kind of quite empirical in its evidence, is the number of new entrants into the yeah. accountancy profession. And I think the statistic is around uh, March last year, height of uh, covid there are over 600 brand new firms, in fact, there were 636 brand new accountancy firms that had entered the accountancy profession in one month alone. Now, that's a record on the public record, and it's continued to grow. Those new entrants are coming in without maybe the history of an accountancy firm or any kind of incumbents from where they've had a historical technology choice or a mindset piece. Are you seeing a lot of this within the Iris customer base where we're getting new people coming in that are actually almost, because they're a brand new firm, they're almost digital first and they are that digital practice already? 100%. I mean, the, 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 I think even with, with more established practices, 
any software purchase or any consideration for tech, people think cloud first now. They, don't, they almost mm. don't even think of a desktop application in, the, in a lot of instances. But for these smaller firms, for these uh, micro accountants that are, that, are, that are setting up, they absolutely are thinking digital first. But the, te- the, the, the thinking about technology and the thinking about how they construct the practice or the offering, the proposition that they take to their clients doesn't just stop with the the tech. So they're looking at this quite differently. And and a lot of the compliance considerations, the things that we all take for granted in, in accounting software and have done for a long time, they are becoming table stakes, and these, these people understand that those things have to be in place, but they're looking to leverage other pieces of technology and connect those things together to create propositions that go way beyond compliance as well. So that's something else that we're seeing in the market from these smaller firms in particular. And it's interesting, isn't it, that a lot of these kind of new firms that are starting up, they're almost kind of coming with a completely different mindset. You're right, cloud first seems to be almost ingrained into yeah. it. And whether that's a generational piece or not, uh, I'd argue that it's, it's much more kind of mindset as to how someone's kind of thinking about their uh, their impact with technology and how they're going to go and use it. But what's really quite interesting is that they're not just coming at it as an accountant, they're coming yeah. at it as more of an entrepreneur. And that brings a, a lot more challenges, right? Because it's not just around providing a service to these clients. Suddenly, I'm now thinking, okay, now I've got the costs, I've got the staff. How do I grow this area? How do I look at the, the, the profit margins of this? How am I doing the good service? Mm-hmm. What's my retention? What technology? Suddenly, these new firms have, uh, and the owners of those new firms and the founders have got to be a master of everything. Almost that they, they are their mini MD, yeah. as well as being the accountant providing all their services. Is that a lot on their shoulders right now to go and do that? It is, but I feel like they are, in the, in the majority of cases, they're taking that in their stride. Mm. So I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think people coming into this particular space right now look at this as the creation of a business as much as it is the establishment of a practice. Yeah. So they're, they're looking at, okay, how can we how can we optimize the relationship with the customer? How do we design the right experience or the right journey for the client? How do we ensure that we get the greatest share of wallet? And, and that will include accounting and compliance services, but it may also include service X, Y, and Z. And of course, what that what that leads to or has led to in, in quite a number of cases in, in uh, with clients or customers that I've spoken to is that they end up with a proliferation of tech and yeah. they, they, they kind of, as well as playing the entrepreneur or the or the, the, the business owner, the CEO, whatever title they want to give themselves, they end up playing CTO as well as chief technology officer. And they end up trying to cobble together applications from different vendors and, and trying to navigate the, the relationships and the complexities and the integrations. They end up double entering data, which obviously creates inefficiencies. It, it's open to human error and, and so on and so forth. So I think there's a real need for people, um, to, to come back to the first point I made around the customer experience, to start thinking about what are you designing for and how do you get all of that tech to sit in one place from one vendor and to integrate together in a way that makes your life easier and the experience with the client much better. So I think they're the types of evolutions that we're seeing and, and you know where the market started, you, know, you and I have been around a reasonably long time, a similar sort of amount of time. And, and, and I've seen the market develop, right, as you have. And where it started was accountants saying to, to tech vendors, help me with the compliance work, help to automate the stuff that I'm doing manually today or you know, in the latter stages on spreadsheets. Make that easier for me, make it more efficient, make it more accurate, 
and the tech vendors responded to that and they produced compliance software iris included but you know many others as well produced applications that would do that once that established itself it moved beyond that to that's great but now can you make me more productive can you read can you accelerate the pace at which i can work can you make my workflows slicker can you make the interactions between the products better and again the tech companies responded to that and i think where we're headed is is a world which is much more defined by automation so I think almost cloud is be, is becoming table stakes and, and, and really the next generation of accountants and the, the next generation of these entrepreneurial or business owner accountants will be thinking about automation and the extension of what they offer into the client experience and things like advisory and, and so on and so forth. And I think it's a really interesting kind of point that you raise around that. It's, it's been an evolution of almost the the affinity to technology but also what can technology do for the the firm i mean we, we could argue the toss around how actually it used to be an accountancy practice then it moved to an accountancy firm now it seems to be much more of an accountancy business as the evolution of those types of uh, firms and businesses have, have ultimately kind of expanded maybe because of the mindset shifts or because of what they're able to go and do but one of the things that is quite interesting, we talk a lot about the digital firm and the, the digital practice, which we've kind of both alluded to with a lot of these new entrants coming in being that. It's probably worthwhile us just explaining what those types of firms are, because it, it doesn't matter the size of an accountancy firm anymore as to whether you're a digital firm or not. So some of the stuff that we, we've done some research around kind of shows that there are three distinct kind of mindsets of firms rather than kind of size and shapes of firms and the first of those is your analog firms those that are kind of more traditional manual processes they're all their data is on the desktop or in separate silos of information you've then got those that have digitized so they've taken that paper base that manual set and ultimately using technology to automate what they do or to start surfacing it in other ways or within the cloud a lot of firms have had to go digitized because of the pandemic they had to go and work from home but then this digital practice piece seems to be where a lot of firms think they're there today because of the pandemic but actually kind of what a definition of a digital firm really is is one who has utilized the technology to evolve the way they work to rewrite their processes to ultimately throw the handbook away and go right what can the technology now do for me and how can i change the way i work rather than just just automate it in a different way and constantly look for how can i improve that it's kind of like the marginal gains bit right how can i keep getting that extra one percent and that seems to be the the shift we're seeing and i know and i, I obviously we've shared this from an iris point of view before but pre-pandemic when we did the whole what type of firm are you there's only two and a half percent of people who responded said I'm a truly digital firm and uh, it was 22 and a half percent of people said I'm, I'm a digitized firm already because we've got people working from home and things like that but a, a whopping 75 percent were still saying well we're analog fast forward two years and it's kind of almost flipped on its head and people are now saying like a third of them are saying oh we're a digital practice and you could argue whether they truly are or not or do they think they are and then Probably, I think it was around 60 to 65% were saying, well, I'm a digitized firm. And then the remainder were now these analog ones. So uh, I think it, it was worthwhile just explaining what those three different types of firms are. Because for me, the definition of a digital firm is constantly evolving. And I'd be interested to see your take on that as to 
where does the next evolution of that digital firm go uh, and how do they get there is kind of where I'd love to explore because we're seeing so much kind of like digital native accountancy brands, those that don't have an office. Is that something we're seeing as a trend? Is the accountancy office or the accountant of the high street gone? What, what do you think? I, I don't think the accountant of the high street is gone and I don't expect them to disappear anytime soon, if, if I'm honest. I think quite quite the opposite. I think what the pandemic has done is it's re-established the accountant as in some ways, the hero of the small business. So, you know, I, 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 at the time the pandemic hit, I was running three small businesses. Um, and the first call, the first phone call I put in was to my accountant. So when, 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 that, the, when that first lockdown hit, that literally was my first phone call. And the guidance I got, the, 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 the qualification of what I was eligible for and how to go about accessing those things and what I needed to do remedially to shore up, uh, to, to kind of band up the hatches and, and make sure the business was okay, all came from the accountant. So I don't think that the, the place of the accountant um, fundamentally has changed. If anything, it's become stronger as a consequence of the pandemic. I think what, what, what has changed is the expectations of the client, the expectations of the people within the practice, and the opportunities that exist for the owner of the business. And, and, and if you kind of look at those things, you know, that, that, that creates a, a bit of a, a perfect storm of, of opportunity and, and potentially risk for the account because what it, what it does is it breaks down geographical boundaries, just as an example. So whereas pre-pandemic, the majority, it's not true in all cases, there's always kind of um, examples that we could pull out which, which, which kind of contradict this, but in the majority of cases, these high street firms dealt with customers within a 30 mile radius of the high street or of their their kind of central office um, that's gone so it's just as easy for an accountant in Wolverhampton to take a client in in Newcastle or in Glasgow as it is for them to take somebody just around the corner and and that's that that's been enabled by technology but culturally it's been accelerated by the pandemic and by by people's um, working patterns and the perception that that these things can be accessed much more readily and much more they're much more available than they once were and the same is true of things like salaries so you know the you know if you look at outside of the industry look at technology so you know there, there's, there's um, uh, my wife for example she works for a San Francisco based software company and she's she, she's based in Northumberland, so it's you know this, the, the the boundaries that once existed are just no longer there. So you can you can work for firms all over the country. You can employ firms all over the country. You can you can recruit customers. You know on the flip side from anywhere in the country, and you can take on staff from anywhere in the country. So there's to some degree, I think there's a almost like an Uberization of of parts of the industry where where things can be done piecemeal. It can be done. Uh, on a on-demand type basis, and I think they will uh, they will definitely have an impact over the next couple of years. Now, it's interesting that because listening to what you've just described, that sounds so much like a, a firm who's digitised everything they do to enable them to work from anywhere, to utilise the cloud, or to have access to their existing systems. And the reason why I say that is you're absolutely right. And we talk to firms all the time around how actually we, one of our clients has just moved from up north to down south and they're still a client. Actually, they're not within our geographical location anymore. But that's not a problem because we use technology to enable that. One of the things that still surprises me is when, often enough I go out to firms and I say to them, look, 
I want to understand the whole kind of cradle to grave process of what you're doing with your clients, how you're attracting them, managing them, how you're serving them, how you're doing your compliance, how you advise them, and how yeah. you're making them a success at the same time as yourself. And one of the first questions I'm always asking is, how do you get new clients through the door? And it still surprises me now with these digitized firms who think they're truly digital, they go, word of mouth. Now, word of mouth is brilliant because you we all do it in our life. Recommendations go higher than pretty much anything else. I mean, crikey, when I went to go do some building work at my own house, I took a recommendation from a friend and it was brilliant. They were absolutely perfect. The problem with word of mouth, in my opinion, is that it that's what brings us back to this geographical location. People will give a word of mouth for something that they've done, which generally means it's something within their local vicinity. So I suppose the question is, is a truly digital firm limited to that or have they started to think outside the box? And what, what are the sorts of things that you've seen from firms where they're not just using word of mouth? How have they kind of broken that digital barrier to attract new clients in different ways? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's easier than ever to do this. So if you look at, you know, the, you, you, so you say, you know, we talk about word of mouth and, and essentially what that is, is recommendation. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a hundred different websites out there where you can build up, you know, a three or four or five star rating for your business based on people's experience of what it is that you do. So whether that be Trustpilot or whether it be something else, building up an online reputation for your services, for your firm, for the experience that customers have with you is absolutely critical. And I've seen people do that incredibly well and almost maniacally focus on that for a short period of time, you know, engaging all of your clients. It, it's not a, it doesn't need to be a huge drawn out task. It's kind of, you know, a, a, one communication with all of your clients, ask them all, you know, get a 5% discount or 3% discount, whatever it might be, go online and leave me a review at this link, you know, get that populated, start promoting it, build up a presence on, on social media. You know, I, th I think of, of all the industries that I, I, um, I consulted in, I think accountants actually do a great job on social media. I think that there's a lot of firms now are positioning themselves incredibly well and reaching the right profile of customers and, and prospects, whether that be through the sort of more formal types of social media like LinkedIn or whether it be less formal and, and, and arguably um, more niche things like Facebook. Um, what I've also seen as well, a lot of accountants doing it incredibly well is starting to niche down into specific vertical markets where they have a, a specific domain knowledge which they can become known for they can they can market themselves as the specialist in construction accounting uh, for firms of a certain size or you know clients who have this particular problem or challenge um, work really well with us and we've got all of the infrastructure to do that so I think there are there are a lot of different ways to do it but I don't think word of mouth is dead I think it's just you know how it's accessed and how you leverage it as a business and as a firm has changed so it's no longer about you know bob recommending down the golf club to 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 one of his friends it's more now about how do you build up an online credible reputation from genuine clients that that can either act as case studies or referrals <clears throat> or you can aggregate the um the feedback in a, in a kind of trust pilot type environment as well it's one of the kind of key takeaways I think our, our listeners will, will really kind of sit back and think about is a lot of firms have gone, have we got a, a Twitter feed? Have we got a LinkedIn profile? Have we got a website? Are we, um, are, are we visible on Google? A lot of those firms will go, yes, yes, yes. And the tick box exercises. But it feels like 
a truly digital practice or digital firm is one that's going, okay, yeah, we've got them. How do we improve on them? How do we open those channels up to more? How do we sustain them? How do we make sure that that, I suppose, top of the funnel for prospects is available, but also how can we make that work as a communication channel to our existing clients because people are evolving the way that it goes. And it's not just around the, the clients and prospects as well, really, is it? A truly digital firm will use those sorts of things to help them with their own size of firm. How do they try and get new clients in? How are they, uh, sorry, how they get um, new staff in as well? So uh, there was a, an amazing statistic, actually. It came from a, a friend in the industry from JE Consulting. And they were saying that 80% of people who look for their next job go straight to LinkedIn. Now, the reason why that's important is a lot of people go, I've built my, my website. Yeah, I've got Twitter for social media bit. And a lot of accountancy firms miss the LinkedIn bit. So I'm surprised by this. We were doing a bit of research recently, the, uh, the kind of like, what would you classify as the top 500 accountancy firms in the UK? And a surprising number of them, over 40%, don't have a LinkedIn presence or it's a very bog standard company profile. So. If people were starting to go this digital word of mouth, these trust pilot reviews and things like that, generally people will do a bit of homework and that homework will be, well, we'll go look at their website, we'll go look at their LinkedIn profile. Or if I'm someone looking for a new job, I'm probably gonna go to LinkedIn to go have a look at the profile. So a truly digital firm would have thought of all of those bits and will be utilizing those resources in the right way. And I suppose the other thing is that it's for an accountancy firm, and this seems to be a growing trend, is that they're utilizing these not just to drive their service and stuff. It feels like they're using this kind of the, the digital social scene to build a community. And is that something that you're starting to see with firms as well? That uh, the, the, the kind of the, the communication barriers between firms seems to have dropped, um, and that firms are talking more and more in these kind of an accountancy professional community, but also client communities seem to be growing as well. 100%, you know, there's numerous firms I can think of off the top of my head, which obviously I won't name, um, that have these these communities and they're incredibly chatty. And, and some of them, um, some of them again, you know, back to the point I made earlier, some of them are less formal and, yep. and you know, they sit on likes of Facebook or whatever. Some of them are more formal. Um, we, we recently launched our own uh, community, as you know, the Accountants Club um, that, that we, we've sponsored. So it's, a, it's an independent club, but we, we, we kind of support the the, the setup of that and that's that's gone really well so we, we've got we've got over 2,000 members in there now it, it, it's a free club but there's there's value being added in there um, for, for accountants to consume and, and and in the same way I think what is really important is that that the the, the there's almost like a a, a, um, a value to to giving information away because the, the true value of an accountant is in the execution of the or the implementation of the information. So it's fine to say to a customer, look, these are all the things that you you, you know you should be doing and, and that these are the things that are really important for you to be successful in your business. It doesn't mean that they're gonna be able to do them or want to do them for that matter. So, you know, if I you know if I'm running a gym or if I'm you know um, if I've got a, a construction firm or a consulting firm, whatever it might be, that's what I wanna be doing. I wanna be running the best gym, I wanna have the best construction firm. What I don't wanna do 
is after a 10 day shift is come back home, flip open the laptop and start doing, you know, cash flow forecasting or whatever it might be. So I think it's fine to talk conceptually about the value that you add and give that that level of information away and charge for the implementation, charge for the service and the, the, the execution of that advice for the benefit of the client. So for me, that's the, that's what, where communities come in. So communities become a place to, to, to bring people together, to deploy insight, information, uh, counsel, um, views and opinions, but then generate leads for the practice to then implement into the, into the client businesses. And, and that's what I've seen work incredibly well for a number of different firms. And that kind of feels like another key takeaway, doesn't it? That a, a truly digital practice is one that is collaborating digitally, not just with their clients, but also with communities to always look for that continuous improvement. How can I take the best advice from others or learn from their pitfalls so that I don't make the same ones? And that seems to be helping to drive this continuous evolution of what that firm can can go and do, but also that that definition of a a digital firm. Now, there's some recent um, uh, research from McKinsey all around how uh, digitally native businesses are growing on average at kind of like triple the rate of other businesses because of these lower barriers to entry. But um, the question is, are they posing a kind of significant threat within accountancy? So we've talked a lot about these, these digital natives. We've talked a lot about these digital firms. What does it mean for those firms that haven't gone down that digital journey yet? They haven't gone to be evolved from a digitized to a truly digital firm. Are they in fear at the moment of what does the future hold or are they going to get left behind is it too late almost for them i certainly don't think it's too late i think there is a danger that over time you know the profile of customers that or clients sorry that are happy with the the service that was provided 10 years ago 15 years ago the the number of customers that are satisfied that with that is diminishing over time. So yeah. there's, there's fewer and fewer customers are happy with that as a, as a proposition, as an offering. And the demands of the client are becoming much more sophisticated as technology starts to automate and make it easier to process compliance. The, the, the more innovative and more forward-thinking firms, I've, my experience is that the, what they're starting to do is to, to use technology to drive productivity through the practice, yeah. automate as much of the compliance as they can, and then, you know, rather than just continue to add more compliance work, what they're thinking about is, okay, how do we, how do we then, you know, profile the types of customers that we want to work with, optimize the journey that we want to take them through, knowing that we have products A, B, C, and D, which would be of incredible value to this, this profile of customer, and introduce them to them, get a great share of wallet, and make customers much more valuable. So rather than going after a volume of customers, it's kind of find the right customers in the appropriate volume for your organization, whether that be to kind of sustain or to scale or to, to grow um, sustainably over time, and then usher each customer through that journey, through that experience with you. And, and it will benefit them, it will benefit your client, it will benefit your practice because it com- becomes somewhat more predictable uh, because these things can be provided regularly as a, as a service or a, or, a, or a billable product. Um, so I don't think the existing accountants need to, to kind of panic and worry. I do think they need to start thinking more about the client experience, niching into something that they want their firm to grow with, and then making sure that they've got the, the right technology to automate as much of that as possible and make it as thick as it can be. 
The client experience is uh, something that accountants have always said. They've got a great relationship with their clients and obviously anyone that comes through the door as a prospect to then become a client. That experience has definitely changed over the last kind of couple of years for, for the positive um, around kind of the, the different channels and the different ways that they will work with clients. Historically, it used to be, well, the, old, the old saying is that the shoebox of receipts would come in, right? That's no longer the case. It's most firms are going down the route of saying, well, if you want to go and do that, that's fine. But actually, a receipt capture or data extraction will mean you don't need to bring that into the office. And so there seems to be a willingness to change that experience for the better. What are some of the, the key um, kind of like digital experience pieces and advice you can give to firms who are digitized, not digital? And um, they're thinking about how do I take that next step of improving that client experience through technology? At the risk of kind of recovering, but, but something I've already said, I think it, for me, my, my view would be that it has to start with the the profiling of the customer that you want to deal with. So for example, if, if you're running a firm and you're still getting people walking through the door with a shoebox full of receipts, mm. you need to make a judgment call. Is that something that you want to continue to do? Because if you don't, you need to have that difficult conversation and potentially you need to start cutting loose some of the customers that are taking a disproportionate amount of your time and attention to service and, and kind of let them go and bring in a different profiler client that you can you can really focus on and you can usher through the journey that you that you need to design and, 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 and kind of construct your tech stack and your service provision around. So I think the first thing is 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 understand who you want to deal with. The second thing is design a journey for your ideal customer. One that works for them and one that works for the practice. Yeah. And then you build your tech stack around that and 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 my view is you, you, you kind of you layer it from make sure your compliance is rock solid, obviously, then look at optimization through productivity, then look at complementary solutions that can help you to deliver the, uh, the, 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 the unique proposition that you want to create for them. So whether that be things like, you know, instead of doing the shoebox, you use OCR receipt capture technology like, you know, Dext or, or somebody like Dext. And, and, and that becomes a staple of what you do. So you say to the customer, we don't want to do that anymore. Or if you're coming to me, this is not something that I work with. We only take clients on who are prepared to use this piece of technology within their business. And that's just how we operate. And that makes it better for you. It makes it better for us. And everybody wins. So I think it, it's, and that's okay. I think a yeah. lot of accountants feel a little bit uncomfortable being able to have that that kind of really frank conversation and and almost kind of interview customers and 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 on some cases it's better just to pass and let them go and say you know that that the way that you want to operate is 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 fine it's not for us it doesn't meet our model you know it's probably better that you find a different a different firm to represent you so they're the sorts of things that I would I'd love to see accountants doing more of I am seeing a lot of accountants starting to think like that mm. um you hear a lot of talk nowadays about um, you know optimizing pricing and and that sort of thing and, and and it's all connected to the same thing but it starts with understanding the client making sure that what you are charging for is valuable and yeah. can be justified and that it creates all of the experiences that you want it to create for your client that's interesting because a lot of the uh, people we talk to around kind of this digital firm always go straight back to technology because digital makes you think of technology. But actually, it's a change in behaviour as well to go to like a digital firm. And the point you just raised around sometimes it's good to cut loose some of those terrible clients. And I'll go into an accounting firm and I'll say to them, look, you've all got that client that you absolutely love working with 
and you when you get an email from them you can kind of go yeah do you know what? i'm going to dig into this because actually it's going to be really good fun whether that's because of the industry they're in or because of the you know they're always going to send you or answer a question straight away for you and therefore it's, it's a joy to work with you've then got your other clients that are kind of like business as usual that you just kind of mold through you're providing the service you're trying to build the relationship with them but then you've got those other clients and the, the question i always say to firms is I bet you've got a client that when you get the email from them, you roll your eyes and you instantly go, oh God, okay, yep, okay, I'm, I'm going to help him. But you've also got that same client that you might not be making a profit on, you're breaking even on or potentially making a loss on, but it's also the same client you're not willing to let go of. And it feels like that digital firm is changing the behavior. They're actually also saying, do you know what? I'm not right for you. You shouldn't stay with me. You should go to another firm who potentially can do what you need at a lower cost to you because they've got lower cost margins. And that frank conversation, I think, seems to be a behavioural change between digitised and digital firms because they're willing to have that hard conversation. And I think, that, again, one of the other things a digital firm seems to have is that they've got more of those soft skills to have that conversation and that they're kind of, I suppose, a more rounded business entrepreneur to do it and maybe that's coming from some of the experiences. Maybe it's coming from some of the things they're getting from their, their clients as well. But that seems to be another kind of key takeaway is a behavioural change to the way that you approach your cohorts of clients and ultimately how you use technology to go and do that. And it might be a case that with the right clients, you just get them on the, the, the first step, the digital with a, a, a kind of like an online portal. Yeah. Give them the right kind of, uh, I suppose the thing is, judge a book by its cover the first thing you're going to do when you look at a book is go do I like this or not if it's a client experience do I like the digital approach yes okay I'm happy to go with it if not they might fall into a different cohort and you've got a different way of managing them so it does feel that there's a non-technical piece to part of this as well but you, you mentioned one of the things um, going back to the beginning when we were talking about the pandemic and as you as an SME uh, business owner in fact three of them your first call was to your accountant and a lot of people have said that during the pandemic, accountants became agony aunts for a lot of people, yeah. um, which, in fairness, it's the, the shoulder to cry on, right? It's the person who knows your business inside out, can help to, to understand where you are and what comes next. But that's brought people closer, but it's also meant that customers are asking a broader set of questions than ever. They seem to want more advice. The question is, that's all up in uh, an accountant's head. It's a lot of their knowledge that they've built over years. So therefore, there's not always a silver bullet of a technology to do it. But it feels to me that technology can have a hand in that around allowing them to have more time to go and have those conversations. And is that something you're seeing now with this kind of change in the customer expectations, the broader number of questions? How are accountants kind of freeing up their time to enable those conversations and foster what could potentially be a great new service line for them? Yeah, great question. My view on this is te technology is not there, should never be there to replace what an accountant does. It should be there to enable what, what an accountant does because you're absolutely right. You know, the value in consulting an accountant is in the aggregated knowledge they've got of dealing with 300 clients that are just like you all of the time every month month in month out and the fact that they can they can see trends they understand mechanics they know the the the, the um where the banana skins are and what yeah. you know what, what is going to cause a client a problem before the client will know that so the value is not in what the technology 
in, in and of itself, what the technology provides, it's how it is interpreted by the accountant and translated into a language that the, the, the non-accountant client can understand because accounting data, as we all know, is complicated. It's, it's intricate, there's an awful lot of it, and it can be really, really difficult to, to understand for the layman. So the, the real skill of the super successful digital accountants is to be able to take that aggregated knowledge, use it as a lens to look through at the data with, and then take what it's telling them, translate it into understandable sound bites or information or reports or um, you know whatever it might be, conversations, and deliver that to the client in a meaningful way at the right time. And and you know the second part of your question in, in how are people um, using technology to to kind of find the time to do this? I think in some instances the the uh, the pandemic had the opposite impact with some firms because what they did is they, they, they saw six or seven or eight or ten different problems yeah. and they went and sourced a piece of technology to deal with you know the six or seven or eight or ten different um, problems and, and invariably those pieces of technology while they do what they do very well I'm sure they're not integrated they don't talk to each other and this was my point earlier around the, you know, the accountant becoming or playing at CTO that's not their job it's not what they're best at it's you know you wouldn't expect a chief technology officer to do a set of accounts you, you've got to you, you know play to your strengths uh leave the technology piece to to the experts and look at where you can get one solution to, to or, or, or as few solutions as possible from as few places as possible to do everything you need to do for that client journey that you've designed and, and you know, use the technology to leverage that to help you to then position that back to the client in a way that they'll understand. In some regards, it's almost too easy to go get a new piece of technology to go test it and try it. And it can be a bit of a, a wasted effort in some regards when you're trying three different things that do the same piece. And to your point, none of those are integrated. So therefore you're creating almost like a backlog of work for yeah. stuff that maybe the solutions you've already got, I've got the integration. That means you don't have to worry about that. And one of the things I, I kind of look at is with accountancy firms, that you could be vastly different in the number of clients you have, vastly different yeah. in the number of uh, uh, staff you take on, in the areas that you work in, in the skill sets you've got. But one thing that seems to be absolutely empirically the same in every single accounting firm is you've only got 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So how do you manage that time better to be able to do this? You don't want to be wasting a couple of hours going and you're, testing something out. You're absolutely, and, and, and do you know what, and I can say this with absolute sincerity, accountants work harder and longer than any other profession. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think, you know, I think we all know that. And, and as, you know, as somebody who's been around an awful lot of accountants, I can, you know, I can evidence that, and, and, and it is true. So why on earth would you want to add even more to that workload, you know, beyond what it is that you're already committed to? And, and you know, the, the, the whole point of technology, as I said, is, is as an enabler to help you to achieve what you want to achieve. And if what you want to achieve is a three-day work week, there's technology out there yeah. that can help you to kind of manufacture that for your business. Or if you do want to work a 12-hour day, then that's fine. There's technology that will help you do that as well. But it, it comes down to kind of designing for the future, both in terms of what, what you want for the firm, the types of customers that you want to deal with, what the journey looks like for them, and then you match the technology to that. Never start with technology because it will only lead you into a buggers model where you're kind of, you've got all kinds of different pieces of tech that are not connecting with each other. So it kind of feels like... 
key item there is that the the digital firm takes technology for a purpose rather than as a shiny new toy to go play Absolutely. with. And therefore, they always know where their pain point is and, ha- and ultimately they'll look for a piece of technology to solve that rather than go, I wonder how that bit of tech could fit in with what I'm doing. That's the thing wrong. Some people have been very successful in kind of playing with the new toys and have built something out of it, but the number of failures they've had from that has been a waste of time in some mm-hmm. regards for them. So yes, they've learned from it and you should always be prepared to fail because actually we take a lot from learnings of failure to make sure we don't repeat it. So that's what we've got time for on today's podcast. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and share it if you find this insights useful. We're always looking for feedback as well for where you think we should go and delve into the next big topic. So if you've got any ideas, please let us know. But for today, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much. <laughs>